0: The Sensitive Man. Hey there, this is Salman Lim and welcome to episode 48 of the Sensitive Man podcast. On today's episode, the spotlight is on Yen Larson, who's a new pop American artist and gallery owner, and I love his works. You know, the celebrity artist has made Singapore his home since 2019. If you're new to Yen Larson Art and Yen Larson Studios, you'll learn quite a few things about art by listening to this entire podcast.
1: Uh, since art is subjective and what appeals to one person or a group will not hmm. necessarily appeal to others, uh, but going with the standard definition of a universally admired work of art, those are rare, but when you
0: see one, you'll know it. And if you've never heard of NFTs, what do they mean for art? Yen Larsen will share this with you on this episode.
1: Uh, for your listeners an nft or a non-fungible token is just another way of describing a digital deed or record of ownership of a digital asset like you would have a, a deed to a house but in this case it's to a digital work of art
0: the voice of american artist and gallery owner yen Larson. find out more about the celebrity artist yen larsen who's famous for his abstract neo-pop works so let's dive straight into the interview You're listening to The Sensitive Man, I'm Simon Lim. Hi, Yann. Welcome to my show.
1: Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me.
0: And Yann, how would you describe what you offer at Yan Larson Studios? Uh,
1: well, I offer a mix of work in multiple media from myself and a few special guest artists, mm-hmm. ranging from abstract expressionism in the American tradition, you know, splashing paint and all that, to sharp, colorful, media-based neo-pop prints, cast neon sculptures, even, and increasingly now, online and augmented
0: reality digital artwork. Oh, that's really cool. Now for new art collectors, what should they collect as a good investment?
1: If they're collecting for their own enjoyment, they should collect what speaks to them, namely what is meaningful to them, what mm-hmm. they enjoy having around them to energize, and inspire, or to calm and sedate their living and working spaces. But if they're looking to collect for investment, they should keep an eye out for what they feel is popular enough to begin garnering competition on the open market. Mm-hmm. Like all investing, that's far from an exact science, essentially They're looking for the best bets of the bunch.
0: And how can someone ascertain if an artwork is a masterpiece or if it has the potential to be a much sought-after piece?
1: Well, that sort of depends on how you define masterpiece, Uh, since art is subjective and what appeals to one person or a group won't Mm. necessarily appeal to others. Uh, but going with the standard definition of a universally admired work of art, those are rare, but when you see one, you'll know it. A masterpiece and all strong works of art are exciting to be around. You can feel it. I'd say they should start with popular artists whose styles they like and then look for and feel for what really moves you then you'll be on track for finding a masterpiece of your own.
0: And yet, let's talk about your move to Singapore. Why did you relocate to Singapore from New York? I mean, you had four art galleries in New York, yes?
1: Yeah, uh, my galleries in New York featured almost all work from other artists, so that was a different business focus Mm -hmm. for me. And now, uh, here I show and sell mostly my own work, although I also offer work from a few select friends, and I enjoy collaborating with fellow artists, Mm -hmm. too. Uh, As for the relocation, that was a step-by-step process for me over 2018 and 2019, starting with my first show here in Little India in July of 2018. And that was a dark time for the U.S., even pre-COVID, and Mm -hmm. for New York in particular, what was that last incumbent in our nation's highest office. So I guess the short answer to your question is to say that I was inspired. Singapore was and is a breath of fresh air. It reminds me of how America used to be, literal and figurative blue skies and all. It reminds me of an earlier time in the States, in the years after the Second World War, when the so-called American Dream was first being articulated, Mm -hmm. an optimistic, enterprising, safe, civil, respectful, and constructive time than Mm -hmm. we have there now. And that here in Singapore suits my work, since much of it is social commentary and it's set in the context of social commentary and about finding social harmony, and pursuing progress, and being at peace with all of that, as opposed to raging against it as we do, as we tend to do in the states. And how a society functions and progresses best. And uh, at my first show here in River Valley, in fact, I met my beautiful wife and talented fashion designer, Hyun Lee. Now, Kathy Hyun Lee Larson. And we've since gotten married and had our first child here together.
0: Awesome. And thank you so much for that wonderful perspective. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Lim. And yet, how do you think you're contributing to the art landscape right here in Singapore?
1: I just do my best to do my thing and make my best work along the way, the best way I know how. I think I may bring a fresh voice to the mix, maybe a a bold and optimistic American perspective. My work does tend to have an American voice. There's mm-hmm. some swagger there.
0: And your art is known as neo-pop contemporary. For the benefit of my listeners, what does that really mean?
1: Uh, neo-pop is post-contemporary art with some of the same features. Uh, in other words, the popular art that came after pop, mm-hmm. pop art, as you probably know, being that brightly colored consumer yes. culture referential work of Andy Warhol, Roy Lichtenstein and the like, starting in New York way back in the 1950s and drawing inspiration for popular and consumer culture. Neopop, after pop, can be seen from artists like Keith Haring, mm-hmm. Damien Hirst, Jeff Koontz, and from the current generation, artists like Cause and myself. And it tends to incorporate popular culture and media while engaging with the commercial world of business even more actively and pop art, typically with high production values and polish. Still pop art, but it's even a bit more engaged with business and media.
0: And yet, tell me about some of your artworks that were created as a result of global events. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic, the Trump years, and even the 2020 show titled What's Going On? Goodness,
1: the latest incumbent. How depressing that was and is for my dear country. In my work, the event of that unfortunate election was given expression in my pixelated fabric series, where I reflected on the role that social media played in facilitating that result. As well as the social disruption and unrest that followed it, rippling out through the United States and even beyond America's borders. And for that series, I started with a pixelated edition of the American flag, which I call United Bites, mm-hmm. where the red, white, and blue stars and stripes have been extruded or drawn out of the surface of the flag into stacked up, hard edged silo forms representing for me columns of self-reinforcing opinion and the social division and social polarization we experienced and are still experiencing Mm -hmm. to some extent. And then in the eight pieces that followed, I combined the banded color field visual vocabulary of American abstract expressionist Mark Rothko with the square format of Instagram to produce eight highly reflective square color field compositions that lament and reflect on the role that social media played in fragmenting my country's national social fabric mm-hmm. it's what I call pixelated fabric um,
0: And Yen, what's your current show? I've just finished an installation show
1: of five different Singapore-based artists work for Singapore Art Week called This is Singapore And that show is still in-house.
0: And what do you think about the art scene in Singapore? I mean, how is it different compared to the scene in New York? I would call
1: Singapore's art scene still in a stage of development. As this year's Singapore Art Week program showed, there's plenty going on. uh, But in my opinion, it hasn't quite crystallized as a mature art scene yet. Mm. Like what you see in New York and London. Maybe that's because Singapore is so much smaller than those other two. Um, causes holiday public installation at the end of last year, notwithstanding. Uh, the art scene in Singapore is still more of a craft fair than primary and secondary market big business, at least so far, as far as I can tell.
0: The sensitive man. Yen, if there is something that's lacking in the art scene here in Singapore, what would you like to see improved or evolved? I mean, from your perspective as an artist and a gallerist.
1: Um, The loss of art stage in 2019 was big for Mm -hmm. me. Uh, That was one of the reasons I was so impressed with Singapore as a potential hub for my own practice uh, in Asia. And uh, then it just went away within two weeks of opening and didn't come back. That was a bit of a shock. Um, So I would say the return of that or another world-class art fair would be good. And otherwise, on the ground, I'd say... Singapore is perfect just as it is.
0: It just needs to develop a little Mm -hmm. bit. And Yen Larson Art recently co-hosted a dialogue on NFTs with other artists, including a private equity exchange and an investor. First of all, for the sake of my listeners, could you define what NFTs are in your own words? Sure, um, that's true. Two investors,
1: actually. An NFT collector, uh, an entrepreneur in the play-to-earn ecosystem in Southeast Asia, and a manager of digital investments for a family office here in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And certainly regarding NFTs, uh, for your listeners, an NFT or a non-fungible token is just another way of describing a digital deed or record of ownership of a digital asset. Just like you would have a, a deed to a house. But in this case, it's to a digital work of art. NFTs can represent ownership of other digital assets, too, from event tickets to famous tweets to sports clips and music tracks, even to virtual real estate and virtual worlds developers are building, like Decentraland. Really, anything that takes digital form can be bought and sold using an NFT. An NFT is essentially a digital contract written in computer code that conveys ownership to the holder, And it allows you to trade that asset online.
0: Why is NFT becoming so popular among art collectors?
1: Uh, NFTs are all the rage at the moment because they're an extension of the burgeoning crypto economy, which, uh, as you know, rides on top of the surging values of cryptocurrencies. And though those are currently in a bit of a trough, they will come roaring back. So there's a lot of money to be made there. Mm -hmm. Um, As a collector, I myself realized an appreciation of 90% on my first sale of an NFT, Mm. just three months of holding the asset. And in late February of 2021, we witnessed a record-breaking sale at Christie's of American digital artist Mike Winkleman's work, who goes by the name of Beeple, and that work, which was a single composite of 5,000 daily compositions over the past 13 years or so, Went for an astonishing $69 million US in Ethereum, the cryptocurrency of choice for NFT transacting, to an immigrant 20 or 30 something crypto investor and blockchain uh, entrepreneur in Little India, right here in Singapore. NFTs are easier to collect, store, and trade than bulky works in three dimensions, which have to be stored and hung, cared for, and eventually restored. And that's expensive. Uh, By contrast, uh, you can hold millions of dollars of digital work on a single thumb drive. So it's
0: much easier upkeep. Yeah, what were the key takeaways from the dialogue session on NFTs?
1: Gosh, there were so many. Uh, Mine tended to focus on the creator end as opposed to the collector or investor end. Um, Let's see, there was to have fun with the sometimes difficult and confusing process of learning how to engage in this brand new crypto economic trade of nfts which we're all doing on the fly and as we go to pay attention to community and engagement as that's the driver of value in this business and uh, to note how the crypto economy itself a uh, decentralized banking system without a bank Mm -hmm. is engaging a whole new set of economic actors and in the arts that means new voices in this cultural conversation and the economic opportunity associated which makes it a very exciting space to be working in
0: you're listening to the sensitive man i'm Lim. Now, Yen, what's the biggest misconception about the art business?
1: Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe that those engaged in the business end of fine art are more interested in money than they are in art or culture, uh, which is certainly not the case. Mm. Speaking as a neo-pop artist, I'd point out that the two don't need to be mutually exclusive. You can do both.
0: And you have a degree from Harvard University and a master's degree in business management from Oxford University in England. Is there a philosophy that you have subscribed to you know, for being successful in what you do? Who do you owe your success to?
1: I suppose my operational philosophy, which I think is what you're asking about, yes. uh, can be summarized in three words. Finding the fits. I personally operate with what I consider to be a Confucian approach to doing business, beginning with the belief that everyone has a place at the table. And the challenge or the puzzle for me and the business operator is finding the right role for each team member. So my challenge or my philosophy is in finding the fits where I succeed in bringing each team member's strengths to the project at hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of uh, what or whom I owe my success to, I think that would have to be my mother and father. Uh, My father is a scientist and my mother is an artist. So those two mentalities uh, are what make up my twin drives and whatever talents I have in doing this work.
0: What a great combination. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Yeah, they're great. Terrific people.
0: And Yen, what's next for Yen Lawson Art? Anything we should be looking for?
1: We have some uh, exciting new projects in the public sphere coming up after Chinese New Year. But I'll hold off on giving away any spoilers on that just yet. And instead, if I could refer your listeners over to the Jan Larson website uh, at janlarsenart.com, which is J-A-N-L-A-R-S-E-N-A-R-T.com for announcements, releases, and drops, as we call them, when we have those ready.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jan, for being on my show.
1: Sure, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Simon. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure chatting with you.
0: The voice of well-respected American artist and gallery owner, Yen Larson, on episode 48 of the Sensitive Man podcast. Now, if you haven't visited Yen Larson's website, you really ought to. So go to www.yenlarsonart.com. It's J A N for Yen, L A R S E N for Larson www.yenlarsenart.com And I'll include his website link as well as Yen Larson's social media links in the text portion of this podcast. Well, I'm sure you've learned something new today about the world of art through the eyes of Yen Larson and I trust that you'll open your mind further to appreciate the expressions of works of art today. This is Simon Lim and thanks for listening to The Sensitive Man Podcast. The Sensitive Man The Sensitive Man is a production of SPH Radio. I'm Simon Lim, your host and producer for this podcast. Special thanks to Joseph McDade for the music. You can also find this show on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. And now you can listen to The Sensitive Man podcast on audio. A-W-E-D-I-O for audio. Visit audio.sg.